The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Today, we're going to look back on the career of one of the biggest names in Olympic sport. Sean White, 35 years old, three-time Olympic gold medalist. Here we go. Out in Beijing, Sean White put an end to his Olympic snowboarding career. He finished fourth, just outside the medal places. Today, we're going to hear from a few people who knew him very well. But just a few hours after his last ever performance, the man himself sat down with Ashley Tullock to talk about the final run, emotions, and the reaction of his actress girlfriend, Nina Dobrev. Olympic Channel Podcast. Yep. Awesome. Hi, my name is Sean White. I'm a three-time Olympic gold medalist, now retired snowboarder for Team USA. Ooh, that felt good. <laughs> Have you said that? Have you been saying that? Like No, it's the first time. That was nice. <laughs> yeah? How does it feel? It's good. I don't know. You know, it's, it's wild. There's a mix of emotions. Um, obviously, had different expectations for how today was going to play out, but... In the long run, you know, I'm so happy with everything and the response from my friends and fellow competitors and anybody that's kind of tuned in to watch this Olympics and got a little backstory of my history in the sport, you know, just the response has been amazing. And that's really kind of like warming my heart, carrying me through all of this. So, What a day, though. <laughs> what a day, yeah. It was how, wild. <laughs> how would you, I mean, summar, summarize, summarize it for me. Yeah, um... It all blended together. I mean, this entire trip has just been this kind of like knot in my stomach where I know this big thing is looming and, you know, my reputation and, and my legacy and all these things are going to be put on the line in some ways or maybe just in my own mind. Um, that's how I was building it up. And I mean, the hours just dragged on and, and I remember trying to sleep and I'm just like, why do I thinking about possible outcomes for the next day? And before I know it, the alarm's going off. I look outside, it's still dark out. Um, you know, getting ready, getting dressed, heading to the mountain, and the sun just starts peeking from behind the mountaintops. And um, it was an incredible day. It was a beautiful situation to be in, and um, the pipe was really nice. And uh, it was calling for clouds today, but it actually was just like an amazing sunny day. So I was really thankful for the weather being um, so kind to us. And then, um, here we go. It's like practice starts and it's it's you got to basically shake the sleep and the, you know, uh, rest off and, and start throwing your hardest tricks. I mean, it's not easy. Early in the morning, you're like, OK, push the limits. Do do your hardest tricks to warm up for today. This is it. It's all you got. And um, I just started cranking every run. I was putting away tricks, putting away tricks. And um, then the contest started and I couldn't help but feel this overwhelming sort of like, wow, um, I just have to get through a couple hours and I won't ever have to be stressed in this scenario again. And that was a comforting thought and also very, um, you know, sad thought, you know. Um, there, there's a mixed bag of emotions with it all. So I've been kind of, um, I think, walking that line pretty pretty well, but it all hit me at the end. I was, I was very emotional <laughs> at the bottom and, um, and rightfully so. It's been my entire life doing this thus far I mean it's all I really know and and even when I was you know 
counted out for the next Olympics. In the back of my mind, I was always like, well, uh, don't count me out just yet. I'll probably be there. You know what I mean? Like, I never really let go until recently, and it's been, um, it's been a beautiful thing. So. Yeah, because watching you, you know, that emotion was so present within you, within your runs, and, you know, you were sort of, like, visibly shaking when you sort of ripped off your helmet. And yeah. I mean, talk me through what was going through your mind at that point in time. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I had a, a wobble in my first run and thought, well, you know what, if I can clean that up, that would be just incredible. I think that's a really solid run. And a lot of people, you can tell it's, it's the Olympics. There's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of hopes and, and people showing up to deliver these performances. And sometimes it just doesn't connect. And, um, and I'm very aware of that kind of pressure. And so putting in that second run, I was just so thrilled. I mean, I nailed it. Every, every hit, I was so proud. The 14 at the top, the 1080, two 12s at the bottom. I'm riding away just like feeling it. And that's, that's why we do it. It's that amazing feeling of like, wow, with the world watching and all that pressure, I put it down. I put something solid down. And um, I was a little disappointed in my score. I thought that might have bumped me up into the first position above the third place. Uh, um, who ended up finishing in third, but um, but you know it's judged event and everybody's you know got an opinion and it's tough you know you you just do your best and hope for the best scores and so went back to the top and uh, plotted my next run, but yeah, thrilling day. What are you gonna miss most? It's it's a double-edged thing here because it's like that anxiety of it all. Like you're truly alive. You're like you're in the midst of it. And I'm trying a trick that's like. You know, I know I can do it, but there is this margin of error that that you're really, you know, tampering with and and things can go south quickly. And, um, you know, but when you put it down and it all connects in this perfect way, it's like it's just such an incredible feeling, you know, and that feeling of accomplishment. It's it's beyond fun. You know, there's a level of um, fulfillment. You know, it's, it's not like obviously we're having fun and doing tricks and riding with friends, but there's that level of fulfillment where I, I set out to do something and I accomplished that goal and I feel fulfilled from, you know, all the heartache and all the, you know, crashes and things to get to that point and then you achieve it. Um, and then probably I would say that that moment of, you know, winning, you know, where you're standing on a podium and you're receiving this reward for your hard work. I mean, those things are, um, you know, undeniable. They're so... Um, addictive at least to me they are so so I'll definitely miss that but I'm sure there are plenty other ways to well hopefully to uh feel that same sort of um excitement and I'm going to see what those are I guess I'm I'm interested to know you know you have achieved so 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 much but is there anything that you sort of regret do you have any regrets I mean regrets that's such a tough thing to ask a, a competitor because you know, your mistakes or anybody, I mean, your mistakes in life kind of teach you so many lessons. So if it weren't for, I think, my loss in Sochi, I don't know if I would have come back the way I did for the Korea um, Olympics. And, um, you know, so the ups and downs, it's like the, the silver linings show up later on and you kind of go, wow, well, if that never happened, then this wouldn't happen, then this, you know, and, and what trajectory your life would have been on, you know, if events were different. So at this point, I can't really say I have too many regrets. No, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled. And, and that's what this whole Olympic run was about. So it felt like, you know, and 
and my team had kind of coined it the like, it's just like the, this is like the victory bonus lap, you know, appreciation tour is like, just enjoy, like be in the moment. And yeah, if things aren't going your way, then that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll adjust and push forward. And a lot of stuff went wrong <laughs> on the road to get here, but we made those adjustments and there were such amazing moments within all of that. Um, one of my favorites was going to locks, uh, going to Switzerland last minute, wasn't a planned trip, needed to lock up my spot for the team. And I did not want to go. I was very much happy to be home. We literally just dropped the bags at the, um, at the house and it was my girlfriend's birthday and I'm like horseback riding and I get the phone call like what's up <laughs> like literally on a horse like no way you want to go you want to go to Switzerland right now and um so then I'm messaging you know the rest of my team will you meet me at the airport <laughs> trying to turn this thing around um this really happened <laughs> I was on a horse um and next thing you know, we land in Switzerland and the pipe was incredible. The fans were amazing. Like what an event. And I put it down and locked up my spot and just, it was just such an incredible trip. And, you know, it's just details like that, that, um, this process has given me and, and I'll always remember, you know, those steps along the way. And what about this games in particular as well? You had a pretty difficult run up, obviously, you know, you and I spoke about you having COVID, uh, testing positive, but but also this games itself is just so different and unique to everything else we've ever experienced at a games before. So I guess what what has been your experience at this games? This games has been it's been great, honestly. I I I love the food, the fans, you know, that are here, you know, the volunteers, the people that are around are, you know, so kind. Everybody's so nice and so thrilled and excited that we're here. And what a venue. I mean, I remember pulling up to the half pipe and you got the aerials and the moguls. You got the half pipe, the slope style with the great wall built into, you know, like it just was like out of a movie, out of a video game or something. And um in this giant wall to protect the half pipe from wind. I mean, they, they pulled out all the stops here. So it's just been awesome. And, um, and I was surprised that I was going to enjoy myself this much because obviously, you know, my friends and family couldn't be here. So, um, you know, honestly, China really delivered and, and, um, this was a great send off final, final farewell. <laughs> You know, I, I, I remember you distinctively talking about you, you know, sleeping in the car in Mammoth and, and seeing in, in the recent Jake Burton film them talking about you and, mm. and you just being this little boy that turned up and dropping in. And, and look at you now. Your, your family must be so proud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were there every step of the way. I mean, it was my parents calling in sick to work to drive us up to the mountains every day. And, um, you know, like I, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, sleeping in a van in the parking lot so we could all go ride the next day. And, um, you know, it's so wild to think back to those days to where I ended up and, uh, you know, five Olympics later. Um, but they are so amazing because, and I, and I learned this as I've gotten older, but, you know, they could kind of care less, <laughs> you know, obviously my mom was so proud. She's like, we were, we were happy with one gold medal. Like you had to keep going. Okay. <laughs> you know, maybe I had something to prove, you know, but they just appreciate me for being me without all of this stuff. So I, I truly, you know, wouldn't be where I am without their, their support. And, um, and I can't wait to go home and see everybody hug everyone and just thank them for all they've done for me. Honestly, I was, I was 
in tears when they pulled the whole family up and all my friends at home and everyone's sitting there and they just know what this all means to me and um and they've been there every step of the way so yeah thank you what's the first thing your mom said to you what did she say um where, where was she she was at in and out burger <laughs> she was like you're retired come get burgers now now you can eat these burgers it's a strange family so that <laughs> you were there you saw the facetime they're all at in and out having burgers <laughs> they're like, yeah what about Nina? What did she say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, she was so proud. I mean, she sent me so many amazing clippings and things, um, posts from people. And um, she just basically told me how proud she was and that, you know, she knew, she knew I wanted to hit the podium at least and, and whatnot. But um, she was like, hold your head up high. You, you've, done, you've done that and, and more. And, um, and she just can't wait for me to get home. career, five-time Olympian, three-time Olympic gold medalist. Such an exceptional career and has influenced half-pipe riding so much. Sean White has uh, been one of the biggest faces in snowboarding my whole life. I mean, I guess everyone else who was riding to today grew up looking up to him as a, as a huge idol. So much respect for Sean, you know, like... It's a, it's a, you know, he's an incredible talent, incredible athlete, incredible snowboarder. Two of the people who know Sean the best are his coach, JJ Thomas, and his physical therapist, Esther Lee. And they sat down with Ashley as well on the last day of competition. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Talk to me about your, your relationship and your friendship with him because you both worked with him for a long time. When, I mean, maybe JJ, you go first. When did you guys first meet and how did this kind of, this relationship start up? Because you were obviously competing against him and then it sort of changed and you were in the same lane. Yeah, I mean, we kind of grew up together in a sense. I seen him when he was eight years old, when he was learning and he was a kid watching us and I'm five years older. And then he grew up and started beating all of us. And then I retired, I started coaching, and then it just kind of worked out where I started coaching him about, I don't know now, six years ago or something, and the rest is history. You know, we did Korea together, we did here, and this is kind of the exclamation point today. It was done, and it's crazy. We're just like, I'm still wrapping my head around it. And for you, Esther, when did you come along, join on for the ride? How did you meet Sean? Uh, it's kind of around the time when JJ kind of also yeah. came in the picture. Yeah. So um, on the team, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of a mutual um, kind of co not colleague, but it was a mutual friend and um, introduced me to Sean. Um, just said, hey, I know someone who's looking for a physical therapist to travel with them, and. Um, we kind of hit it off like right away and just our personalities and he's just so easy to get along with and uh, just a funny guy and so yeah that was seven years ago and you know he's he never had a physical therapist before me which is crazy right. crazy yeah. yeah like he'd have injuries and go do rehab but never had someone with him and I just was blown away I was like that's really impressive 
that you would have such an amazing career without a PT. And um, yeah, it's just been a long journey and we spent a lot of time together, just, you know, him on the table and just, um, I think just naturally our friendship really, uh, really built over the years. What, what makes him a unique athlete? Because he obviously is unique. He's done things that so many people could never even imagine doing. But for, from your side of things, mentally, physically, what makes him such a special athlete? I think for me, the difference with like what sets athletes apart and the different levels, I think is the whole mental um, ability, you know, to really be able to dig deep and, and really under the pressure of like when it comes down to performing your very best um, at that very moment. I mean, he's incredible. Like when I first met him, he would tell me that sometimes he'd learn a trick the day of the competition. I was like, no way. <laughs> but he, I mean, he blew us away in Korea. He had this plan to do this whole run and, um, we didn't see it until the day of the finals and it just blew us all away and I was like oh my god this is what he was talking about and um yeah it's just his ability I think like his ability to handle the pressure and um is is pretty incredible yeah I think most people wouldn't envy him and even today most people would not want to be in his position and trying to deal with everything that was on top of him. I mean, the qualies was insane. Like that last run, it was like, come on boy, do or die. But for you, JJ, what is it, what is it about him that, I don't know, makes him such a, a unique and, and one of a kind athlete that he is? He's a performer, you know, he thrives under pressure and that's really the difference. People who thrive under pressure excel in sports. People who don't, they get pushed out fast. Just that simple. He like actually thrives and does well in those situations, mm -hmm. and he almost needs it to even be halfway decent. Without it, he's kind of an average <laughs> athlete. And then when you put him in the spotlight, he just blossoms. So yeah, and he just has this will to win that is kind of unmatched. Like I wish I had his drive my whole career. I felt I was like motivated as him for like three years of my career. He stayed that way for 20 years. That drive. And I don't know if that's inherited or what, but he just has that killer instinct that the top people have. And I don't think you can teach that. You have to be born with it. So just kind of an observation that I've seen working with people and then watching my own career. I was like, man, I remember I was killer for like a year or two <laughs> and I was just complacent. And this guy just wants to win still. He's 35 and wanted to win today. I'm like, what are you made out of? It's cool. So then when we look at the snowboarding community and we know there's these, you know, young guns kind of coming through, but what does, like, does the sport need someone to replace Sean? Does someone need to step into his shoes? Because he really has come into the sport, grown the sport, and then almost gone outside of it because people who don't even follow snowboarding know who Sean White is. Does the sport need someone like him to fill his shoes? And if so, how do they do it? I mean, yeah, it'd be great, but I don't know if we're going to see another Sean White. It was just a timing situation, and I just don't know if we're going to see that. You're going to see great snowboarders. They're going to keep coming and keep breeding them, but just what he did with, I mean, in his prime, he would 
show up to X Games, win slope style, win half pipe, win the Olympics, go to summer X Games and win skateboarding vert ramp. You're just never going to see that again. It was a 10-year run he had that was off the charts. And then all those disciplines got a little too specified. So he's like, all right, focus on half pipe. Won that for 10 years. Just different time. I don't think we'll see that ever again. I think you're going to see people who have amazing careers, but it was really a once in a lifetime, I think, situation. They don't understand how long he's been around and how much he's done. They just kind of remember the last Olympics or the one before, but I've seen him grow up. And I remember the skateboarding. I remember the slope style. I remember he used to win big air competitions against guys who were just jumpers. It's just insane what he's done. And he's 35 today. He's 35 years old, still competing against these guys. And almost got a medal. Some people say he could have got a third. It's just cool. It's really cool. I respect it. I'm intrigued to know, like, you know, if you can share a little bit about your own personal journey, because I know that he's been a big part of, of your life as much as you've been a part of his. Can you sort of share a little bit about what, what's been sort of, I guess, happening within your life and how he supported you? Yeah, um, in July 2020, I got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And uh, it was a shock. I mean, I grew up and my whole life felt like this very healthy, athletic person. And then all of a sudden, and being a caretaker, professionally, it was really heavy and hard to, to realize, oh my God, I'm the patient now. Um, and I don't, at that time, I was like, oh my God, I, I think I might have weeks to live. Because my grandmother had pancreatic cancer and she died two weeks later. So, whew. but, um, but yeah, I'm still here. And I, Sean was one of the first persons I, um, people I called and, I'll always remember I was standing in this field and I called him and he just, well, first he thought I had, cause I was like, I gotta tell you something. And he was like, did you get COVID? And I was like, no, actually he's like, oh, I thought he got COVID. And I was like, well, actually I got cancer. And he was like, what? And he just, he, he's very audible in his cries. And um, we just like sat on the phone and cried for, I don't know how long, but, um, yeah, he just was like, Hey, look, um, you know, I'm here for you, whatever you need. Um, and you know, we're going to get through this and yeah, he's, I don't know, you know, he's just always been there for me, like emotionally as well. And just, he's a really good listener and his soft heart was just, he'd cry with me and, um, yeah, it's, it's hard because sometimes I don't really want to talk about it too much, especially with him competing and stuff. But um, he's been great. And honestly, when he asked me to, to come with him to the Olympics, it was kind of, I think, in March or something when he decided, look, I'm going to go for another Olympics. I was like, pretty much, pre like, I was pretty much in bed. And I was like, I, do, I have no idea if I could do it, but you know, I'll do my best and I'll try. And so it really was one step at a time and um, doing like treatments maybe once a week and then slowly building it up. And um, just being on the road with him to the Olympics, it's amazing how much I've improved um, physically and mentally. I think just 
feeling like I have a purpose again and feeling useful again. Um, I don't know. It that alone kind of boosted up my my physical well being. So, I mean, a few months ago, I was in a wheelchair going to the airport with them. So, you know, here I am, and, you know, it's just been such an amazing journey. Um, I, I owe a lot to him to, like, believe in me and believe that I can um, be here and help him at this level. And um, it just teaches you a lot about, like, where you can where you can be mentally and how that can help you physically. I'm such a believer in that for sure. So it really brought us a lot closer together. We've had a lot of heart-to-heart talks about just life and death and what really matters in life. And so it's been a beautiful, very emotional journey and just sharing with him sharing with me about the heaviness about retirement too has, has been really tough for him as well. So. We've been crying a lot, but, you know, in such a positive way. Olympic Olympic Channel Channel Podcast. Big thanks to all the guests on today's podcast and also to Ash Tulloch as well. A bit of podcast news for you. The next one will be my last as presenter and producer, so it's going to be a very special one for sure. Anyway, more of that next week. Stay safe, stronger together, and see you very soon. Think Think like an Olympian. Olympian.